0: Oh, shit. Mike, are you in a, uh, are you all set to record, or what? Do you need to, like, take a shit here or something?
1: No, I, I already did. I had a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Took a shit. <laughs> Very tired, but I should be okay. My cat's in the background. She's got something to say.
2: If Ziggy says anything, I'm going to punch him in the face.
0: Jeez. Jeez! <laughs> no Shane's been at a, uh, a He's been at odds with Ziggy lately There's been an ongoing feud I believe Isn't that correct Shane?
2: Yep He's been a cunt <laughs> You want a better word?
0: Yeah I do <laughs> Alright let's jump right into this uh, Because we could get going quick here And that means we can end quick
1: That's preferable
0: that's called thinking ahead, boys. <laughs> Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Shane, and Mike. All right, everybody, welcome to All You Need Is Blood, episode 58. This is our special Soundtracks, episode 2. Joined, as always, uh, by my co-host, Mike Whittemore, and returning to the podcast in his grand re-entrance, Mr. Shane Smith. Shane, Hello, welcome you back.
2: Hello, cunts.
0: <laughs> Shane, we're so glad to have you back here. I'm glad to be back. It hasn't been the same without you.
2: No, I've listened and no it hasn't been.
0: <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think Mike and I have tried to impart our own uh, British wit and it has not worked.
2: <laughs> you failed miserably. <laughs>
0: That's all I will say. So we gotta go back to the expert to let us know where we gotta go from here.
2: Yeah, you failed. So therefore I had to return.
0: Well, thank you for coming back, Shane. I'm glad
2: yeah, I'm glad to be back. Um,
0: all right, so welcome. We're the uh, official podcast of upcoming com. We like to discuss horror movies, talk shit to each other, and various other nonsense, including but not limited to music, movies, games, comics, whatever else happens to come up. Uh, you can catch us on Gmail at allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com. Our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood, and our Instagram, All You Need Is Blood Podcast. Uh, and you can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and just type in all you need is blood and hit subscribe to keep in keep on top of everything that we got going on. So we've got our fucking intro done here, boys. Um, let's uh, uh, let's get into what everybody's been uh, been working <clears throat> on so far. Mike, hang- you still there?
2: Hang on, just stopped working for him.
0: Uh oh. Wait, he's back. Mikey, back. Oh, hey. yeah, oh, he's back. Okay.
1: We that was that was weird. And his hangouts just stopped working for me. I don't know.
0: Well, the good news is I managed to go through the entire intro. And we've got gotten to the point where what's going on for everybody? I'll start with you, Mike, while we got you back here. Uh, what, <laughs> temporarily. Get- yeah, temporarily. What have you been getting into recently? Any movies, uh, comics, games, music? Ugh. Uh, oh. I besides am orgasming on uh, <laughs> on Mike here.
1: Orgasming on Mike. No, I don't know mic to orgasm on. But hey, <laughs> besides myself, That's lands funny. right on my lands right on my chest. Um, Makes so you it
2: you come on yourself.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't try to like catch it in my mouth or anything. I just let <laughs> to go all over my titties
0: and
1: sort <laughs> of rub over myself. Um. I bought Spider Man PlayStation yes. Four. That's fun, but I've been still playing Dead Cells. As well, I don't know why, because I just rage quit all the time. Um, I have like five records coming because I'm obsessed. I have a new Bloodbath record I pre-ordered. And wait,
0: is this a soundtrack to Bloodbath, or is this something else?
1: No, this is uh by a band called Bloodbath.
0: Oh, not the movie, okay.
1: No, but the um the bundles are stupid. I don't know why they did this, but like because one bundle comes with just the vinyl and the shirt, and another vinyl comes and another bundle comes with the C D and a seven inch EP. It doesn't that seven inch EP doesn't come with the vinyl. So I had to pre-order both, which was stupid. Um
0: that sounds like some like EA video game shit. <laughs> I know.
1: I was kind of raising an eyebrow to it.
0: You get like the statue, and you get like some DLC, but you don't get like the mission you want. You yeah, have, like pre-order from two locations.
1: I'm trying to get all the vinyl for Bloodbath, so I I wanted that seven inch EP really bad. Um, cattle decapitation. If our listeners are into extreme music, they announced rare. What the hell?
0: Oh, that's Shane. He's doing something.
2: Moving the cam.
1: Um, yeah, uh, cattle decapitation announced like a rarities, like CD, and uh, they're coming out with uh, a vinyl for it, and they're calling it Medium Rarities. Hmm. And uh, all the the record colors are like after meat cause the lead singer after
0: meat <laughs> is, the
1: lead singer is vegan, and they talk about like population control and how we're just like slaughtering animals and shit. And um, <laughs> one is there's a rare record and it's red. There's a well done record which is dark and like has has like a black outline. And then the one that's limited to a hundred is the the medium is the well done but bone in. So there's like a white splotch on the record. It's just, it's awesome. Uh, then Revocation's coming out with something new, and I am waiting on a Demolick re release. And I'm noticing that none of you know what that is, but...
0: Yeah, I have no idea what that is. I'm
1: excited for it. other than that, uh, now I've just been going to school, working like six, seven days a week. And that's about it. Oh, next weekend, Val and I are going to uh, Terror in the Isles, which is a 24-hour horror movie fest that we go to every year. Last nice. year so what we do couldn't.
0: Get, what are you catching this year? What movies are going on?
1: Well, last year we couldn't go because the roof caved in to the fucking <laughs> theater because it was raining and there was like a big hole in the theater when we went. And uh, this year, let me pull it up real fast. They call it. Well, they call it the Massacre. And uh, every year you go to a theater. It's twenty four hours. It's from noon to noon. It's at the Davis Theater this year on uh, Lincoln Avenue in Chicago. But they have... The film lineup is The Mummy, the original Mummy. Nice. Uh, The Sealed Room, which also has a silent short... with a live organ accompaniment. Uh, Plague of the Zombies. Uh, I
0: love that movie. That is super underrated. I fucking (laughs) love Plague of the Zombies.
1: Uh, Female Trouble. I've never heard of that.
0: No, I don't know that one.
1: Uh, People Under the Stairs. Uh, Nightmare in Elm Street four, and then Tuesday night. I guess she's one of the the girls in there. She's going to be there signing. uh American Werewolf oh, in Tuesday London. It's great. Is she? I don't. I don't know the name off the top yeah. of my head. uh American Werewolf in London, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightbreed, uh, Zombie three. <laughs> God told me to.
0: Wait, zombie three? Why the fuck yeah, is that? That's that's there? playing
1: at four a.m. <laughs> on Sunday.
0: Holy shit, man! God that's told be to- to. I'll tell you. That's gonna be a tough one to get through. Like if you're planning on watching that one at four o'clock in the morning.
1: Well, there's we- a there's a pizza place down the street. So Val and I we kinda just like fuck off for a couple movies we don't want to see and just like wander around. Then we got God Told Me Two, The Changeling, Psycho Two. Plus they have a whole bunch of short films. They've got a whole bunch of vendors there. And uh we paid it's like thirty bucks. For 24 hours and you can come and that go sound, as you want
0: that sounds amazing man That's it's, it's so
1: much fun and th- this year is at the davis theater and it's nice because usually every year we go we try to throw blankets down because the chairs are fucking awful but i guess now they i guess this theater has those reclining chairs Ooh. which i'm yeah but i'm gonna fall asleep for sure
0: oh of course <laughs> yeah, that's just going to kill you. So we are you taking those days off from work and shit? Like, how's well, that work?
1: Well, like, I'm supposed to be only working five days, Monday through Friday, eight to four, but we've been short, so they've been kind of scheduling us like six, seven days if we want. So every other weekend, I've kind of have the weekend off. So mm. next weekend, I should have the weekend off, but I'm still new, so I don't want to like request off. So I'm just kind of hoping. Course, yeah. But if I do work, it'll be like six to two one of the days, so I either can go after my shift on Saturday or just leave early, like Sunday morning and just still work. So we're going one of the days for sure.
0: Nice. Yeah. That sounds fucking awesome, man. I would love to go to something like that. Um, what w- I am going to, and hopefully we get another podcast up before it happens. But, um, in Seymour, Connecticut, they're having the Connecticut Colt classics is holding, hosting the, uh, Texas chainsaw twosome, which is texas one and two <laughs> they call um, it the
1: twosome that's funny
0: the texas twosome <laughs> and all you need is blood is a sponsor of it once again and uh, anybody in the connecticut massachusetts new york rhode island whatever do you you gotta come down to this it is fucking great uh, it's in an old style movie theater with really shitty seats. Like Mike had mentioned <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're so shitty that I know you're talking about a 24 hour thing, but even, even two movies in a row is tough in these seats, man. It fucking, it's rough, but, uh, I love it. I love going to this thing. They have a great, um, great giveaways. They have all kinds of like goodies that they're giving out. And my, my favorite part this time, they're having a barbecue food truck come and serve, Texas um, Chainsaw Massacre chili. That's I am awesome. So fucking excited, dude! I'm gonna buy like two or three bowls and just blow up that entire place. <laughs> <with
1: my asshole. laughs> Good. Fuck <laughs> all of them. If they if they're delivering chili, they oh, they're yeah. asking for it.
0: Of course, I I'm super excited though. The guy that runs it, Larry, is super fucking cool. And um, yeah, uh, Connecticut Cult Classics. Everybody should come down. All you need is blood is sponsoring it. We're going to have this great promo that I'm making. Hopefully I'll be able to actually make it and not just put the other, the old one up that I had already made, but either way, it's going to be sweet. So I'm excited about it. I love it. Uh, let me just get to some of the other dumb stuff I'm doing before I get to Shane there. Um, let's see what's going on lately. Um, love been watching the New York football giants football season's back. First win today, baby. Boom. Um, Congrats Thank you very much We had a horrible, horrible first two games
1: (laughs) So did we (laughs) We blew a 20 point lead at Green Bay
0: Oh, that was I felt so bad for you guys Because I went to bed that game Like at the third quarter i was like oh they're killing him i'm going to sleep yeah and like as the third quarter started i went to bed and i woke up the next morning and i'm like oh my god they lost
1: <laughs> my buddy was at that game because he goes to a bunch and the whole i got snapchats about the first half of the game he was like yeah yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden i didn't get anything else
0: <laughs> it's a rough game man yep. but um but yeah uh nfl's back it's the only sport i really watch so i'm happy about that so i've been watching all kinds of football um uh, last night, I just watched American Hustle, which I hadn't seen before. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, it's a no. great movie. It is so good, man. Christian Bale, I am convinced he's one of the best actors of our time. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, you see, like, the big fat gut he has on him, and Elisa is like, that's fake. That's a, that's a bodysuit. And I'm no, like, no, no. way.
1: That's... Not one, Christian Bale's involved. <laughs>
0: absolutely not he's got just the biggest belly you've ever seen in your life it's so good um, louis ck like,
1: and bradley cooper are awesome on that
0: yeah how did they like when louis ck first showed up on screen i just laughed because i had no idea he was in the movie <laughs> and um but then as the movie goes on you're like oh my god he's actually delivering a decent performance yeah like opposite some like you know bradley cooper a really good hollywood actor it's crazy so um yeah I like that and um yeah other than that, I don't know not too much Spider-Man like you mentioned Mike um my my thoughts on the game this is my first PS4 game mm-hmm. uh, I bought the PS4 with this one the Spider-Man version like you had mentioned um so far my thoughts on it I uh, I I really really like love the way it's very Spider Man, it's very nerdy. Like, they, they're putting in a lot of references from every other game, all the backpack quests yeah. that reveal like old Spider Man stuff. I love that part. And um, the only, I'm not, not going to say, even say a negative, like, I compare it a lot to like the Arkham games because it is it is the Arkham version of, of Spider Man, really. It really is. Definitely. Uh, the, the only negative I'll put in is that the voice acting isn't on par with the Arkham voice acting. And but that's the only comparison I have it to because like other than that Batman game, it's it's the best Spider-Man game. It's the best like comic book game other than Batman. So,
1: mm-hmm. oh, I can agree um, with you on that. I yeah, I, I I like it, but uh, I didn't really pay attention to voice acting. I don't have a problem with it, but the Arkham voice acting is just out of this world.
0: Well, the, the problem is Arkham voice acting uses so much of the the cartoon voice acting from yeah. the movies. That I'm like, I wish it was the Spider-Man voice acting from the (laughs) 90s. (laughs) But other than that, I really, really love it. It's a great game. Um, So, yeah, that's all I've been having uh, going on recently. How about you, Shane? What do you got?
2: Um, I've been listening to a lot of music. I've not really been watching much. Um, So I've been kind of kicking back and listening to a lot of old school metal and goth and industrial and um, yesterday I picked up the new therapy album, Cleave, um, which I listened to this morning. And it's like old school therapy. It's like Irish pop punk at its finest. Ten songs, 32 minutes. Yeah, we. Uh, I've um, been listening to a lot of music. Friday I picked up um, Deadpool 2 and um, Avengers Infinity War on Blu-ray. Yep. Um, and I watched those Friday night. Um, and it's always funny because Avengers Infinity War always leaves me slightly bereft at the end of it. Um, and, you know, you just get that feeling when you're watching it, Fuck oh, fuck's sake, they've killed half the characters. But then <laughs> I thought, well, right.
0: No, no spoilers, Shane, uh, don't worry about it. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> then I
2: thought, right, I needed to watch something slightly more amusing and put on Deadpool 2. And I bought the Blu-ray because the UK Blu-ray is good. it's two discs, so you've got the theatrical cut and you've got the Super Duper cut.
0: Yeah.
2: And yeah. Um, the Super Duper cut is just beyond wrong. It's so funny, and I love it. And now, I'm, now
0: I've only I've only seen the Super Duper cut. I haven't seen the theatrical, Shane. As
2: did it, you not it see, going... Did you not see it in theaters? F-
0: no, no, no. I've only seen the uh, the Super Duper on Blu-ray. Is it right. worth going back and watching the theatrical, or is the Super Duper too much better?
2: It's so much better, and it's so yeah. much funnier, and it's so much more wrong. It, I love it. In the, it's wrong in the sense that there are jokes in there that people will literally sit there and go, oh my god, I can't believe you got away with doing that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But um theatrical cut is good. I think there's about an extra 10 or 15 minutes on the Super Duper cut, but... It is worth watching. Um, other than that, I've been um, trying to uh, keep myself together. Um, I've had a lot going on. Obviously, everybody knows what's been going on, but you know, I just had loads going on. A lot of shit has been happening, but I'm getting through it. Um, so to compensate for that, I've been listening to loads of music, buying loads of music. And also lost um, quite a bit of weight as well, recently.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah. You, you mentioned to me the other day, Shane, uh, what was the name of that band we were talking about? Um, was it, last night, I think? Uh, Killing,
2: Killing Joke.
0: Yes, Killing Joke. And uh, you sent me a link to that, and it was actually pretty fucking good. I'd never heard that before. Yeah,
2: Hosanna's From the Basement of Hell is one of my favorite tunes. Um, and it's, it's 10 years old, would you believe, that song. Um, but they've had other stuff out <clears throat> more recently On because I'm going to see them in November and it's their 40th anniversary tour that I'm seeing them on so hopefully we'll get a bit of everything from the last 40 years um, it's going to be fucking loud, Killing Joke always put on an amazing show um, a friend of mine was telling me she saw them at a festival and they had fire, fire eaters on the sides of the stage and like tribal dancers and all that kind of stuff joining in during the songs. And if they bring that to the UEA in Norwich, that'd be fucking amazing. Um, but I'm actually seeing therapy next month as well. I'm also seeing a band called Editors and one on my bucket list. I'm potentially going to see Pete Murphy in December. And if for anybody who doesn't know who Pete Murphy is, Pete Murphy is the lead singer of Bauhaus, who are one of my favorite bands. And
0: oh, that's awesome
2: yeah, and there's a, a lot of rumors doing the rounds at the moment about Pete Murphy's solo tour. well, I say it's solo tour he's he's gotten together with one half of the original uh, well with the original bassist of bowhaus David J, so um you've got half of Boho, and the rumor is that the other two members of Bowhaus are apparently in England around the same time, so if they all get together and they do a reunion gig, I will probably die.
0: Because <laughs> so you're, you're hoping that the, that this one guy solo gig is going to secretly be a reunion gig.
2: Yeah, and if it does, you will never hear from me again because I will die. And I'm not joking. <laughs> because Our house are one of my all-time favorite bands, and I've always loved them ever since I was a kid. And, you know, if I ever got to see them live, I would probably die. I would not no word of a lie. I probably dropped dead from her, like fucking shock. But um, you know, I'm I'm waiting on tickets for that, so that'll be awesome. Last weekend I saw Garbage at live at Brixton Academy in London.
0: That's fucking and, cool. I like they to were, see them.
2: They were fucking amazing. If you get the opportunity to see them do it, that's all I can say. Shirley Manson, hmm. 50, Shirley Manson at fifty two years old prowls that stage like a motherfucker. And she holds the, cr- the crowd in the palm of her hand, and she's still got it. Um, but this was the 20th anniversary of the version 2.0 album. So it was literally the entire album played in full, plus the B sides, plus two other tracks. And the highlight for me was um, they did a mashup of Wicked Ways and Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode, which sounded. Absolutely amazing.
0: No, that's cool as shit.
2: Yeah, so, and, because I'm a big Depeche Mode fan as well, so that was just fucking amazing to hear that. Hm. And, yeah, so that was already really cool. But um, other than that, um, I'm trying to get back into reading again. Um, I got sent a book a few days back, actually, um, by a friend of mine called Closure Limited and Other Zombie Tales by Max Brooks so, Max Brooks?
0: Uh, the yeah. guy from uh, World the, War Z um, World yeah. War Z and, and yeah. the zombie survival guide?
2: Yeah, Mel Brooks' son, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. so i got sent that I've not started reading it yet, it's quite a short book actually it's only 124 pages I but, didn't
0: um, even know he had, he had another one I thought those were his yeah. only two books
2: Yeah, this was published in 2012 So
0: what? Yeah Oh my god
2: yeah, and there's also another book called Recorded Attacks
0: hmm.
2: listed. So yeah, because I'm looking at it here. But yeah, so I've got that. Um, what else have I been doing? Trying not to kill the cat. Um, lifting weights, which uh, I've been. I've been basically. I've had a bit of a change around um, in my lifestyle. Um, so it's like complete diet change. Everything. The only thing I haven't been able to give up is the smokes, but, um,
0: <laughs> that's the toughest shade, man. I don't I don't even know how you go through doing all that stuff at once. That's well, crazy.
2: it's, um, it's proven giving up nicotine is worse than giving up any kind of drug. And I did three days with no cigarettes last week. And I wanted to kill everybody in sight. And I was having a chat with a friend of mine and he basically said giving up smoking right now would be the worst thing you could do so everybody needs advice so just carry on with it until you feel ready and I was like right okay I'm gonna do it so I will be giving up smoking um eventually but right now it's the only thing I've got going because I don't drink anymore I stopped I quit drinking um I'm pretty much going vegetarian again and uh Here's a shocker. I've not had any chocolate for weeks. Holy
0: shit, Shane!
2: I've cut out sugar. I've cut out wow. all sugar, all sugar well, good in my for diet, you. and I've not had any chocolate in weeks. And you Mike, know what? You're,
0: you're a big, uh, you're a big anti-sugar uh, weightlifting guy, right?
1: Yeah, I I, I dabble.
0: I dabble. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all of the, there is no secret to losing weight. There's none. You just right. you give up carbs and sugar. You consume more fat, and uh, that's that's pretty much it.
0: Well, yeah, but like you, you like lift weights and stuff, right? You're like one of those weight guys. Yeah,
1: I lift. I lift weights. Yeah,
0: nice. I'm not
1: like uh, you know, I've been looking up into different proteins and everything. You take protein after, do cardio. You know, it's nice.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm just um, at the moment, obviously it's early days for me, but I mean, I I've not had any sugar since july Um, holy shit yeah so it's uh it's been quite interesting actually because i've not even had the cravings for it. i've not even had the headaches that go with quitting sugar um and i've cut down on meat intake as well um and it's it's very strange for me to be going through all of this i'm eating loads of veggies and <clears throat> drinking more water than the human body could possibly handle. But, you know, I'm getting through it, and I've lost over – well, I've, I'm have i down a gene size. And for me, that's a massive, massive difference and like a fucking shock to my system because I've had people say to me that they've noticed how much weight I've lost.
0: Nice, dude. I was yeah. gonna, well, I was worried for a second you were going to tell me how many stone you've lost. And I was going to say, I don't know what the fuck that is.
2: Well, you got to remember, um, there's 14 pounds for a stone.
0: <laughs> 14 pounds for a stone. Okay. Yeah.
2: So I've lost close to 30 pounds.
0: Holy shit, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. But yeah. Nice. Good work. Well, keep it up, Shane. We're all behind you on this. Yeah, thanks. And, um... To, ma- to help you lose more weight, I'm actually going to bring up a topic that will probably make you wretch. Um, have you seen any information on the new Child's Play movie, the remake that they are coming up with?
2: Yeah, it looks fucking awful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's talk about that for a quick second. Um, according to movieweb.com, they got some information on the new Child's Play remake, and... Uh, Essentially, it is a defective uh, buddy doll, quote unquote, uh, whose programming code was hacked so that he has no limitations on his learning and also violence. So it's some type of strange hacker story where they deprogram a uh, a toy doll and it starts coming to life and attacking people. And also it's come out uh, that Aubrey Plaza... Um, from Parks and Rec fame. I mean, I, I actually don't know her from anything else. There's probably something else she's been in. Um, but um she's going to be one of the main characters in it. And fuck, man. They also released an image of the new Chucky doll, or at least a half image. And it is fucking garbage. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about this uh, Chucky remake so far?
2: Well, I'm not interested, but I've seen the picture of the doll, and it looks like... um what was the fucking... The transgender doll from the last Chucky movie?
0: Oh, uh... Uh, his son? Yeah. Um, it looks like him. Seed of Chucky? What the hell was his yeah. name? Buddy? Not buddy. What the hell was it? Shit, that's on my list to watch this October, too.
2: Yeah, no, I've... um Yeah, it, it looks like him. That's my opinion. But just reading that, it just sounded fucking dreadful.
0: What do you think about this Chucky movie, Mike? Oh... I don't have a problem with it because
1: I feel like the last, what, four Chucky movies weren't the best. I don't mind Bride of Chucky. I think it's funny for what it is. of Chucky is okay. But the last two were just, like, mediocre at best. So I, I'm, I'm welcoming. Well, I
0: heard, uh, really, I heard positive things about those two. I haven't watched them myself, but I've heard pretty good things. I mean, you
1: know. they're, they're okay, but, like, I don't think that they're up to the same caliber as the originals. Obviously, it's hard for a franchise to do. But, I mean... I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think it's v- v- horribly miscast. I love Aubrey Plaza, but uh, she is not a mom.
0: No, I agree. Um, I don't see her like. I think about that first Chucky movie, and I think about the mom in the Truckee movie, and she's just like, she's just a mom trying to do everything for her kid. I mean, I don't know. I guess it could work in sort of a, you know, a modern day setting where the mom is just like i don't like you and you've ruined my life kind of situation well, i don't know she
1: comes across as more as like an angsty teen and even though she's like our age but she's like yeah. she to me she's uh what's her face in parks and rec you know and oh yeah, I, yeah
0: absolutely that's all i know her from I, is she in something else yeah like, apparently she's it...
1: in she's in legion and she's really good in that supposedly mm-hmm oh i didn't know that. yeah plus he's done like comedies here or there but i don't i don't follow her (laughs) pretty much on
0: past parks and rec but no i'm a huge parks and rec fan so you know her in that is what i picture and while i can picture her being this like i don't really like my child and i'm just gonna get him something to placate him i could see that aspect of it but I don't know, I don't I don't really see the same sort of connection that you had in the first child's play where the mother's like, No, this is the end all be all toy to give to my child and and then when shit starts going bad, she's the one that figures it out. I don't mm-hmm. really see Aubrey Plaza as that.
1: No. Plus, I mean, I I think that like it all goes back to her just not being looking like a mom. You know, it's like I can't picture her in this role unless she's just like some secret amazing actress that no one's ever seen. But I, I just don't see it. Plus, I think the doll doesn't look as creepy anymore. It looks, it looks too ter- polished. It, it and
0: honestly looks terrible. And and somebody, po- I forgot who posted it. I should probably mention him, but I I didn't write that quote down. But somebody said it looks like this is going to be 90% CGI. Yep. And, oh, my God, I really hope it's not because that's just the worst. Like, could you imagine just a fucking CGI, full CGI, like, fake Chucky with that face walking around, it's yeah, going to be no it's, good.
1: it's going to be garbage and, I don't know, I, I, I'm i welcoming it, I think it's I think it's it w- it's not the worst idea in the world, but how they're executing it, it's just all wrong. It's kind, of
2: yeah, like, got... it's kind of like how they did with um, Alien Covenant because we had so many high hopes for it and then when we got the Xenomorph on screen, it was just a fucking CGI creation.
0: Yeah, I let I me mean, I mean, think about that. If there's an Alien Covenant... I'm more worried. Now, here's the real problem is, like, I already know pretty much, and this sounds horrible, but anything that's coming from Ridley Scott is not going to be that good.
2: No, I agree. (laughs) Especially Um, in recent years.
0: But, you know, on the remake you have this potential and I'm I'm trying to be positive along the lines of, like, I liked that last puppet master. Like, I liked that (laughs) I know what you say, Mike, you, you were a fan <laughs> of it, but listen, dude, it was ridiculous and it was fun, and I'm hoping it's something like that, like just go fucking over the top. It's a talking doll dial going crazy.
1: But what worries me is, I think someone from the forum was like, "Well, you know, if it's funny, then Aubrey Plaza could like explore her comedic roots. But if you if you look on the the synopsis <sighs> for like UHM." They says the
0: detective. No, the so, director
1: said it's going to be surprisingly emotional. It's like I don't want that. Oh, in my child's no. movie. I don't want emotion. <laughs> I just want Chucky e. killing
0: people. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm um, I'm real hesitant on it. I'm 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 hoping. I'm given that like maybe it's going to be good. Um, on another front, something we've been honestly pretty negative about, with the exception of Shane, is getting. Amazing reviews. The Halloween movie, 2018's Halloween, is getting just critically acclaimed. Of course it is. At this point. <clears throat> are we softening gone. up on it, Mike? Do we feel like no. this is gonna be a positive? No. It's, looking, it's gonna be cool to it's it.
1: gonna be the same thing as you know it's always come out, in my opinion. And people are, you know, probably flocking and Loving it because it's close to Halloween and the reviews are coming out and I I, I don't see it being that good. But if it is, you know, that's that's
0: awesome. Let's get your thoughts in here. What what are you thinking about the Halloween um, reboot so far?
2: Well, basically, for the trailer alone, I'm really excited about it. Um, You know, the full trailer, because Danny McBride has, you know, he's gone on record and said he's not going for the cheese factor. He's going straight for the fear factor. And it's something we need. You know, it needs to be brought back into the franchise. Um Also, I think the main starting point for me, obviously, well, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis is back. John Carpenter is back as assistant producer, not to mention the fact he's doing the score for it. And um what's his fucking face? The original um, Michael Myers. Yeah, He's back. So you've got, like, three magic ingredients that could make it work. And if Danny McBride does it right, it's going to be a fucking good film. You know, the story's going to be, yeah, the story at the moment, a lot of people are are basically saying it's quite flawed because it's a direct sequel and it's avoiding all the canon. Personally speaking, I think we need it. Um, Because in my opinion, the last few Halloween movies have sucked.
0: By the last few, you mean everything after one.
2: Everything after three. (laughs) Wait. <clears throat> because, that's a
0: whole lot of halloween you're wiping away there sure. Yep,
2: because let's face it well h2o could have been great um, no, just, I,
0: I disagree i don't think it could have been great i think there's no way for that to have been good
2: i'm just saying it could have been great i mean Jamie lee curtis was back all of that kind of stuff that was great um what was it the sequel um
0: yeah resurrection
2: yeah that was fucking awful and yep. it was fucking awful and I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure it was the one that had fucking Buster Rhymes in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fucking that was dreadful. I just want Busted Rhymes dead from the start because I fucking hate Buster Rhymes. Um But, you know, that's just my opinion of it. And it's it's one of these films that I am excited about and you know, I'm not gonna lie, I am gonna get my tickets for the opening night because I fucking want it. I want it, I really want it. So um, we shall see how that goes. And obviously, I will get back to you on that.
0: All right. Well, we're all holding our breath, Shane. We're I think we're all excited to see it. And um, we should all try to see it, uh, at least at opening weekend, um, you know, so we can get something insightful out and get all those sweet, sweet views or clicks <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, all right. Cool. Well, let's get on to our main topic then, folks uh soundtracks again, one of our actually pretty positive episodes uh and I know it's uh one of Shane's favorites so um Shane, do you want to start us off or you want somebody else to go first
2: um I'll let someone else go first
0: all right uh I need, to have, a,
2: I need to have a think about what i'm gonna say as well so um yeah let someone all else right. go first.
0: cool i'll I'll start off first um So when we were thinking about soundtracks, the first thing that came to mind, um, based on sort of the second episode and what I liked about some of these movies, uh, the first one I wanted to talk about was 2014's It Follows, directed by David Robert Mitchell, Um, and I know this is one of those movies that is sort of divisive in the horror community, and by that I mean that it gets mixed reviews from horror fans, but critically it's completely acclaimed um you know it's sort of like the witch or papa duke or something like that where people who are like uh, movie critics love it and then like for whatever reason some horror fans just don't want to get into it Uh, but i've never seen any horror fan disparage the soundtrack in fact i've seen a lot of them say i didn't really like the movie itself but the music was great And I think that, you know, sort of warrants itself a little bit of discussion on there. So I'm going to try to focus on uh, just the music and not focus so much on the movie itself. Um, The soundtrack was done by Disaster Peace, who is sort of a one man band. Uh, He's known for uh, some indie games such as Fez and uh, Hyperlight Drifter, as well as a bunch of other smaller indie games type things. Um, Guy's super talented, does a lot of this type of stuff. And recently I purchased the soundtrack on Amazon. And when you listen to it isolated without the movie itself, like I just listened to it in my car as I was driving to and from work, man, you can really feel like the influences and the tension that the guy builds into the soundtrack. There's a ton of John Carpenter, all 80s synth. It's like really focusing on building this intense sense of dread and that's without the movie around it this is just the soundtrack you know and i I think that's what the most successful part of it is that like the music alone uh. really builds the uh the tension and the mood um, sort of going on, it, 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 it like, so I'm, I'm recor- recording this in September, and it just makes me want October, like, literally, I've been listening to this as I've been driving, and being like, oh my god, I can't wait for October to happen, because, like, just hearing the music while you're going, uh, it's crazy, um, like, there's, you could feel the scenes and some of the tracks that they they sort of have them separated in the in the soundtrack. And when you get to one of those action scenes, when it's just like this this ongoing sort of like bam 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 bam, and it's getting like louder and more intense, you can feel the uh, the it quote unquote demon like coming towards the characters, and it's like it's unnerving on itself. I don't know. Um, I'm just a huge fan of the soundtrack that goes on on this, and um, I don't know, what, did, what what did you guys think of It Follows? Did it stand out for you at all, or is it just sort of out of nowhere? Um, what do you think, Mike?
1: I really liked It Follows, saw it in the theater. Um, yeah, it's like, it's got that, like, A24 syndrome where people are going to hate it for whatever reason, but the soundtrack, I could, I could see everyone pretty much agreeing on. It's got that, like, 80s just awesomeness, like that John Carpenter-esque music and it does super well with the tense uh, imagery from the movie it works well with people just standing on the roofs
0: (laughs) what about you Shane what do you think
2: Um, I didn't rate the film much at all um, but I love the soundtrack and I do actually keep meaning to pick it up I just keep forgetting to do it because I keep getting distracted but um, yeah the soundtrack I loved because it was literally everything you described It is full of 80s um, throwbacks, and that's why I loved it so much. Because obviously, I'm a big fan of the '80s, and I love my synth music as well. So yeah. for me, it was it just ticks all the boxes.
0: And so you're one of those people that you didn't love the movie that much, but you thought the soundtrack was still something that stands out for you.
2: Soundtrack was amazing. I thought, sa- I honestly thought the soundtrack was amazing. Um, it was just uh, the film. I just. Or well, as I described in one of my in my review for it, I don't follow it follows. So um, you know,
0: it's uh, I just. Oh, Shane, it, you're so clever.
2: Yeah, I just didn't get it at all. I just didn't follow it. You know, I couldn't. I couldn't get into it.
0: Well, one thing I'd like to point out about the soundtrack, and this and this is something that really fits into the movie itself. And so while the soundtrack has this really definitive 80s feeling, it fe- it sounds, it feels, the whole thing is like, it's Carpenter, it's 80s, it's synth. It's this whole situation. Uh, but the movie itself, the director was trying to like sort of, I don't know, I guess you'd say like temporarily displace the audience so they don't know where or when this movie's happening. And he they used the soundtrack to that effect. When the soundtrack's super 80s, but in the movie, there's like a bunch of stuff like there's some technology from the 2000s and then there's like old cars from the 80s and 60s and like all kinds of weird shit that happens. And I feel like the 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 music in it uh, is part of that in that it, it tries to set an 80s ambiance at the same time as like when there's like, you know, 2000s technology and old 60s cars and a bunch of old weird shit going on. And I think that really helps displace the audience in terms of when they think the movie is happening. Because the whole movie, honestly, is based on a nightmare that the director used to have where uh, there's just just a constant, slow-following entity that would be, like, chasing him through a nightmare. And this whole, I don't know when I am or where it's going on, is just like a dream sequence. Or it adds to, like... A dreamlike quality for the movie so i feel like the music does add to that but i am such a fan of the music in this because i am unabashedly a carpenter music fan like when you get a carpenter movie and you get just that fucking classic eighty synth man this takes a lot of homage from carpenter um even something like Halloween 3 or like even the original Halloween there's like stings I, I call them stings I don't know what they're actually called but like when something like crazy happens I just picture like Michael Myers with a knife coming out of like a closet or something and it goes like bing you know this like high yeah. pitched like and and you get a lot of that stuff in this movie and I don't know it, it, it to me it makes me think of October it makes me think of Halloween I fucking love it man so that's my first pick any any other thoughts on the movie i mean i know i try i'm trying not to talk too much about the movie itself in terms of excuse me directing or um acting or anything i'm a big fan of that stuff personally in the movie i think it's shot well it's acted well it has a very unique feel to the overall movie um but i just think this is one where the soundtrack stands out what do you guys think
1: yeah, I definitely agree. Um, uh, the, the, the one thing I really remember about the movie, I don't really remember any of the actors. I don't remember the performances. I remember the soundtrack and how the movie looked. I think they, they were trying to go for an 80s feel without uh, overly going for an 80s feel. Like you have, and then, you know, in the new It movie, or Stranger Things, and they have, like, oh, an evil dead poster on the wall. It's like, yeah, we get it. You're in the 80s, yeah, you
0: know? Yeah. Ghostbusters costumes. Yeah, it's like, yeah. come on.
1: Uh, but, in uh, It Follows, it didn't overly do that. In fact, you don't know when this movie takes place. You don't, because it could take place any time, and they weren't, they weren't focusing on that. They were focusing on how tense the movie is, and that's what I loved about it. And they brought in this great soundtrack, and I I just thought it was excellent. How it was executed.
0: Could we also mention what's one thing, how unique it is? Oh yeah. In in terms of horror movies, I mean, how many times have we seen where it's just, it's a slasher, it's a serial killer. It's a fucking guy going around stabbing. People or doing whatever, or it's a ghost. It's, you know, people are like trapped in one place and this other thing is happening. This is its own thing. I mean, it really is. It, I don't know, it sort of stands out as its own unique, it's not a ghost, it's not a serial killer, it's not some weird supernatural thing. We don't know what it is, it just is there. And, you know, there's a lot of the references with the the STD type of thing where it's sexually transmitted and you know, you start thinking about the specifics of that. You're like, all right, well, when does it happen? Is it only during like a hand job or is it like full (laughs) penetration that it transfers over? Like, like, like what is the specifics of that?
1: The uniqueness Um, of it is what really stood out. And I think that's why a lot of people didn't like it as well, because people are so used to the same old stuff over and over again with their horror movies. And then you have all these unique movies like it follows and Babadook and witch. And, you know, they're like, Oh, I just don't like it. It's like, well, why it's a, it's a horror yeah, film, like, and it
0: it wasn't scary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because you see so many thirty and forty year olds getting scared of movies nowadays.
0: How many how many reviews of this movie and Baba Duke and a bunch of other ones have you seen? Well, like, it, wasn't just didn't like it. it wasn't scary. It wasn't
1: scary. Okay, well, was it scary? No, not even. The latest. <laughs> People love that. It's just like they just pick and choose, and I think, yeah, and I think the how unique it follows was. I think that's why a lot of people turned off, got turned off from it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think this was, and this was relatively early in that, um, the sort of a 24 artistic type of movies thing. This is old. This is 14. Yep. So is this before the witch or is this the same year? The witch was 2015, I believe. I believe. Okay. All right. So it's pretty close. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of the movie. I, I'm not going to say it's one of my like favorite movies or anything, but yeah. I, I really like it. I think it's super enjoyable. Um, now, now, Shane, you, you weren't as a huge a fan of this movie. Um, where did you think it fell short?
2: It followed? Um Yeah, I just thought it was the execution
0: of the film mm-hmm. itself,
2: um, and I didn't like the characters. So could be,
0: I could I could see that actually. Yeah.
2: See, so for, for me it's they... it's all about character acting and i just i just didn't get on with the characters at all um i didn't like much about um <clears throat> yeah i just didn't like much about the the reaction
0: yeah and they they, they really honestly and i'm i'm a someone that really in slasher movies I'm a big I'm big on characters like character development and character execution um they really didn't build a lot on like the main character her friends you know you've got like the guy that really likes uh the main girl like he's like the nerdy kid but he really wants to be with her but they honestly they didn't like go into it any deeper than that and, and I think you're right on that aspect Shane but I don't know. At the same time, I, I feel like the originality of the story sort of takes over that aspect, but that's just me, maybe. Um, Mike, let's go with you. What do you got for your first pick?
1: Um, I'll go with the harder one. Um, I'll do raw first. Nice. So okay. So I really don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to scores or anything. I, I don't really listen to soundtracks. Uh, I, I listen to soundtracks, but I don't listen to like scores a lot. I feel like scores are. Uh, Should be enjoyed with the movie because it gives each scene a specific feeling to it that helps, you know, uh, make it pop. And um, while I enjoyed the hell out of Raw and its score, it's not something I'd listen to on a daily basis. Um, So if you haven't seen Raw, it's about a teenager who's going to school to be a vet. And she just starts developing uh, a craving for human flesh and she like slowly starts to become a cannibal and um the the score is is perfect for it because while this movie is it's so simple on paper there's a lot of a lot of like overtones to it like she's kind of like becoming a woman in a way um uh yeah she's kind of becoming like a woman in a way and it's she's developing like this this like craving that she's never had before, and uh, it's the, the score goes really well with it. And there's a lot of there's a, there's a one scene. What's it called? It's called finger scene, and that's it's on the score as well. And that's probably some of my favorite piece of music on here. Oh my
0: god! When you say finger scene, I'm like, oh, I know exactly <laughs> what. That i don't i don't know what the music is but i know exactly what that is have you seen it's raw not about,
2: it's not about finger food
0: no, i well it is actually yeah. Food. yeah i have definitely seen raw okay yeah so
1: it's like that i don't know if you remember but that song that's being played in there is just awesome it's it's fantastic but the score overall like there's there's 28 songs on here going into like 48 minutes and i'm not a, a score guy at all but like, I, there's, there's, I don't know, it's something that I'm not used to listening to, and I can't just, like, listen to it all the time. Like, there's, like, Child Music 1, Child Music 2, Child Music 3, you know, it's just, like, it's it split up over the whole course of the album. Sure. I mean, and, that's, how,
0: that's how a lot of, uh, a lot of movie yeah. sort of soundtracks nowadays. I mean, yeah, it follows the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and there's tracks that, like, I just can't listen to. They're just nonsense. They're just, like, background sort of, like... You know, a hissing or a noise and you're like, whatever, I don't care about that. You care about like, you know, the, the ones that really bring me intensity. Exactly. That one, the one scene you're talking about, Mike, Mm -hmm. that the finger scene, honestly, I don't remember the music, but I remember being so uncomfortable during that scene and I mean, obviously the visuals and everything that's happening is uh, is adding to it. But I imagine the score. Like, I'm not going to talk out of place and be like, "Oh, the score made it," because I don't really. I don't remember it. it. You know, I watched it this summer, and it just for whatever reason the music didn't stick to me. But that scene is like, holy shit! Yeah, you are fucking. It we was are getting serious <laughs> right now,
1: and it was in that scene that uh like brought me to the the soundtrack more and I wanted to listen to everything else it had to offer but like like I said I'm not into listening to scores too much so like you said it's like background music or I have to be really be watching the movie and it has if it has like a badass score or soundtrack it's going to amplify that scene more for me and but so just by listening to it like I listened to it I listened to this on the way to work this morning it's just like it's kind of just like background music like yeah. I, I get it, but I need to be watching it in order to really appreciate it. But there are like there's there are a few pieces on here that are just just awesome. Like the I was given a chip, like the child music sections on here are, are really well done, and it shows. Like it just you can hear her. as lame as it sounds, you can hear her like uh, changing and becoming more of what she's supposed to be through music, mm-hmm. and that's that's really well done. Um, this, this soundtrack, this score was done by Jim Williams, who I have no idea what else he's done, but you know, uh, I, I, I like it and I think it works super well for the film, but on on you know, on its own, I, it's just whatever.
0: Yeah. It, it can be tough to listen to some of this stuff. And I mean, I even admit like, uh, when I was talking about, um, You know, uh, it follows. Uh, There are tracks, and I'm just like, all right, this is enough of this track. Let's get ahead. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's just that's the nature of the beast. Because some of the, you know, when you buy these things on like Amazon or whatever, they give you the whole fucking thing, and you're like, all right, I know. And these tracks, there are times when it goes like almost completely silent, but there's just like a little hint of a violin like crawling along the bottom. You can barely hear Yeah, because they're trying to focus on the dialogue or something. And you're like, I don't need to hear that. <laughs> just fucking go. Yeah. the next one. Um, yeah, I liked uh, Raw. I-, I liked it as a movie. Even as a movie, I felt it was super hot and cold, there were parts that I really liked and parts that I'm just like, fucking go. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's definitely slow. Definitely slow.
0: Yeah, inconsistent in pace, if I wanted to sound really pretentious. (laughs) Which I do. I always do. I don't know. Shane, have you seen or heard Raw? No. Yeah, it's a French movie, right, Mike? Yep. And, but I'll say... If if you're hesitant on French movies, this one's very accessible. Uh, there's a lot of French movies I don't recommend to people because they do not they're not accessible. <laughs> they're not like uh, that's something a modern audience would like. But uh, raw, it's on Netflix, I believe still and has not been removed. It's a fucking it's a quick watch and. I really liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, I also date a vet, so I spent most of the time asking my girlfriend if, uh, I'm like, hey, this is what happens, right? They they make you, like, eat raw meat, and, like, they splash blood on you, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: <laughs> it's a biography.
0: It's a biography, right? A bi- so, it's,
1: it's like, a, if you're used to, like, watching French movies, this will kind of fall right in line with that. It's very brutal. All very... right, so maybe... Maybe what
0: we should do is would would you recommend someone buy the soundtrack to Raw?
1: Ooh, that's good. Um I think if you're into scores and into that 80s Like it it goes either way. Like there's some like 80s, like it follows -esque esque stuff on here. And there's also a lot of like, you know, like you said, like wind instruments and and stuff like that. So I think if you're into scores, I think that's the reason why I picked raw. It's got a it's got a great score for the movie. So if you're you're into scores and you can like listen to them and you can appreciate that kind of music, then I would definitely go out and buy this. But if you're not, then I would just say watch the movie and how each song amplifies each
0: scene. So uh, to go back on it follows. I'm going to say, uh, regardless, definitely buy the score. But there's only, honestly, like, I don't know, I'm going to say of the, like, 15 tracks, there's probably only, like, 10 that I really love that are, like, fucking, yeah, absolutely. This is the shit you want to hear. It's fucking great. Um, raw? I don't know, Mike. I'm, I'm going to say no. Uh, like, it's good. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't bother me, which is one thing that a score should never do. I don't dislike it, but I don't know. Honestly, thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go listen to <laughs> in the raw, but that's just me. Um, all right. So Shane, what do you got for your first one? I'm gonna
2: choose uh, It 2017. Um,
0: oh, the sequel to my It follows.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The film, obviously, everybody knows about the film. A lot of people love it or hate it, but for me, the soundtrack album itself, um, it's done by, um. Benjamin Wolfish, and basically, he he kind of encapsulated everything that was needed for the film itself um, into the score. He took the he obviously took the scenes and made them kind of like emotional and personal. And it was the film itself or the film soundtrack itself. When you listen to it on its own, it's kind of like an emotional roller coaster. Cause you're going through the emotions with the kids and you know, everything else to go with it. And then you've got the songs on there. Cause I mean, there's like, you've got songs on there that go back from the late eighties, which is great. And it kind of takes you back as well, um, to that time. And, um, for me, what he did with the score was it kind of, it brought more realization to the story and, You know, you've got the piano, you've got the soothing orchestral notes going through the film, and there's some beautiful pieces of music in there when you listen to it on its own. But then you've also got the jarring, shocking like pieces of music as well that let you know, kinda let you know when there's gonna be like a jump scare come in as well. So it's um, it's for me it's one of those films I listened to earlier on tonight and um i didn't listen to it for a a little while but it was one of those uh, one of those soundtracks that basically it takes you through various paths of emotion when you're going into when you're getting into it and it's for me it's probably one of the best soundtracks i've heard in a few years like score wise because i can quite happily i could have happily mentioned stuff like interview with a vampire or from hell or you know films similar to that but a lot of orchestral scores and with it it um it basically for me makes you think about it as well it makes you it when you listen to the score it makes you think about the scenes in the movie as well and what where they're coming from um so i personally really loved the soundtrack for it well i love the film anyway i mean fucks sake i got a tattoo you know so I love the soundtrack for it because it gives you a lot of emotion and it's got a really good atmosphere to it as well.
0: Now, did you think it was more important to have the right stuff? No. Or Hanging Tough from New Kids on the Block, uh, which was the no. more important aspect of the movie?
2: No, not for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, you had stuff, you had the songs on the soundtrack. I mean,. You had XTC's Dear God, which is like a typical atheist, anti God, anti Jesus kind of tune, anyway. And I just thought that was kind of perfect for it. Um, and then, obviously, personally, you've got The Cure six different ways, from that, which is playing, playing when they're cleaning the house or the bath up in Beverly's yeah. house. And then, I mean, you've got. Love Removal Machine by The Cult.
0: One of my absolute favourite songs of all time, by the way.
2: And it's just a fucking awesome tune to start the film off. And it's like, because on the soundtrack itself, there's 47 pieces of music, including the songs that they used. But on the CD, there's 38 tracks. On the vinyl, because I've got the vinyl picture disc. Now, the vinyl picture disc only has 18 tracks. So they've basically um, taken like the more important cues from the film and put it on the picture disc. But there is also a double vinyl, which has got thir- 39 tracks. So for me to be a total completist and get everything, I'd have to buy the double vinyl soundtrack, which is quite expensive. Jesus. Um, I've got the picture disc and I've got the CD. So it's like trying to get the rest of the pieces of music together. Um, so... I might have to do that. I might have to treat myself for Christmas or something like that. But, Mm. you know, but just for the record, Ryan, there's actually, I'm looking at the um, Toon Find and where it lists the complete soundtracks for all the movies that you've got. I mean, you've got, there's obviously, you've got Antifax Antisocial during the rock fight. Oh, my God. Rock war. And then you've got 666 by Anvil as well. Mm.
0: Um, I fucking love that part.
2: Yeah. And then you've got Rush by Tom Sawyer. tom sawyer by rush um but it's listed on here but it doesn't show oh, or them. i don't
0: i don't remember where yeah. that happened
2: i'm just looking i'm looking at it and it, it says tom sawyer by rush does not show or play in the movie at all so why the fuck have they got it listed on the soundtrack what yeah so i was gonna say so yeah. like
0: like when you say 666 or anti-social like the anti-social part I fucking lost my shit when yeah, they started man. playing that song and it's it's like the rock fight, right? Mm. And the rock fight starts and I'm like, This is fucking anthrax. I start like losing my shit in a the theater by myself, no one yeah. else is noticing. Yeah. And um you know, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So that that's kinda interesting that like why is Rush I mean, maybe he intended to put Good. Tom Sawyer in there and it just never made it in. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Maybe it's in a deleted scene. scene. Yeah, um,
2: the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray have no, there's no Tom Sawyer on there.
0: Hmm. Weird.
2: Yeah, but um, just for the record, there's three new Kids on the Block tracks on the soundtrack.
0: Oh, I only named 2 of I'm sorry. Yeah.
2: But, yeah. No, I'm just looking at. Shane,
0: I'm not. I'm not as big a New Kids on the Block fan as you are. I'm yeah. just gonna have to accept that. Yeah.
2: Fuck you. Um. But uh. <laughs> yeah. It's um. Yeah, for me, I mean, obviously, the IT soundtrack itself is just—I just love it. I do love it. It's definitely one of my favorites in recent years. So, and I would recommend buying it because I mean, it's got—it's got some great tunes on it. You know, it's got some great orchestral st- scores on it.
0: Yeah, so, but which one, Shane? Would you recommend buying the full five hundred dollar version where you get <laughs> like all ten copies, or are you talking just like? If you're
2: a completist like I am, I would recommend buying the CD. And the double vinyl, because the CD, oh yeah, see, it's yeah, it's awkward because they've they fucked it around with the soundtrack so much. Because there are certain songs that you can buy or you can get, and there's some that you can't get. So, and it kind of pisses me off. Although I have to admit, I I will confess, I am very very glad that they um they didn't put any of the new Kids on the Block songs on the soundtrack because it <laughs> <I would have laughs> never. Fucking not, it that's, it, buy- it from, that's it. I'm
0: not I'm not buying any of them. That's it. I'm out.
2: Yeah, well, but, um, I mean, if you're going to buy it for the cult and you're going to buy it for the Cure and XTC, you'll be sadly disappointed because none of the songs are actually on the soundtrack CDs.
0: Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's a damn shame.
2: Yeah, but um, if you want them, um, you'd have to go and buy the actual albums by the artists themselves.
0: Well, so- obviously. But, My uh, own love removal machine, Shane. I'm not going to... Well,
2: yeah, I do, too. That. But, I mean, for anybody out there who wants that, go and buy the album Love by The Cult, and then go and buy Head on the Door by The Cure for six different
1: ways.
0: Mike, what what did you think? We haven't heard from you on this one. What did you think about the It soundtrack itself? Uh it was a soundtrack and the score, if you remember any of the score. No, I don't
1: remember any of the score, but I thought the soundtrack was forced, like I was saying before. It's like, ah, it takes place in the 80s, there's 80s songs. It's like, ah, okay, I get it. Um, I
0: don't know, man. You didn't have fun oh, I lo- when Anthrax oh, came on.
1: I was just about to say, that's like the only fun I really had with the soundtrack. It's... of Anthrax or playing the kid in a Metallica shirt on, it was pretty awesome. But, uh... I don't know, it just, I just... I'm just... I, maybe I'm just so... It's so oversaturated with, like, 80s... Uh... like it, Like, shows and movies being set in the 80s and being overly 80s, I'm just like, okay, I'm done with it. Because, like... I thought Anthrax is cool that they put in there, but other than that, I don't really remember the soundtrack much. I just, I guess I just didn't care.
0: I think the real problem is you're not like an actual 80s kid that you think of.
1: I mean, when, I, I listen when, to like, a when, lot when, of 80s music, like a lot. That's the primary music I listen to is 80s stuff. And while I appreciate yeah, like, the songs, it's just like.
0: Where's your new kids on the block background, bro? Come on.
1: I will, no, not, never. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that's, like, the pop culture of the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, I've got no love for fucking New Kids on the Block, but, like, growing up in that time, that, if you fucking turn on the radio, you're hearing that shit. It is just on. And it was, like, funny to go into a movie theater and be like, oh, that's right. This is exactly what happens. There's four New Kids on the Block songs, and then you hear, like, what Anthrax song? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um... Myself, I, I really like the mix of the pop and the rock and the metal and all that. Like, you know, the, the, every, they threw everything 80s into the soundtrack. Honestly, the, the the score and everything that happens in the background, I did not pay attention at all. It, it didn't stick to You know what?
1: Now that you mention bit. it, the, the score actually pretty much ruined the movie for me. Really? Yeah, because I remember talking about this in our it review and we were talking about it before, and since every single jump scare was was uh not followed, but like preceded. Three, yeah, preceded with a, like a part in the score, it's like I knew what was coming every single time. Besides that mm-hmm. amazing opening scene, which I don't even recall there being a score to it, but every other scene in the movie was just like oh, by the way, here comes a jump scare. It's like, oh my god, I get it. You know, it's just, I think that that's what made me just think the movie was super mediocre. Because I I called every time there was going to be kind of like a jump scare. That's just me personal.
0: What do you think about that, Shane? Oh,
2: I mean, I don't think nothing about it, really. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody has their own opinion of it. So, simple as that, really. I mean, what more is there to say you know mike you didn't grow up in the 80s like we did so
1: <laughs> oh ryan you know. ryan you're like what two years older than me
0: i don't know man i'm like uh <laughs> I, I, i'm like gonna be 36 soon so oh
1: jesus so you're like five yeah, yeah. years older than me it's like yeah i mean yeah but i i listen to a lot of 80s music now
0: and shane's I'm, like 40 years older than me so. yeah i'm
2: 44
0: <laughs> That's what I said, right? But like yeah, let's say
1: 40 years older than me, you cunt. <laughs> but let's say let's say I'm watching a movie that takes place in the nineties. I'm not gonna just lose my shit because I heard red hot chili peppers or corn. You know, I I don't give a shit. It's like I understand
0: Yeah, but what if you heard Britney Spears?
1: I would think nothing of it. I it wouldn't stand out to me because
0: Because the difference is chili peppers are fucking awesome. Yeah, chili personal. peppers are awesome,
1: but they're overplayed. Just like, yes, the, you know, it's just like wow. I, you know, Anthrax I like, and I like how they put Anthrax in there, and I got excited when uh, the producers put Metallica and Zombieland, and that's that's great and everything, but...
0: When's the last time you heard Anthrax in a fucking big-budget Hollywood movie? Yeah, they're
1: on a bunch of soundtracks.
0: Well, I mean, like, when's the last time? Like, modern. I, I understand in the 80s, obviously, you know.
1: Well, it's... I mean, they're on, like roadrunner does metal soundtracks i think anthrax is on a couple of them but like i i don't i don't know i just it's cool and all but I, it doesn't stand out to me it's not like a like a huge plus for me that i'm hearing a song that i can listen to you know whatever maybe i just i, I just don't think i enjoyed the movie enough to really that, to me those pieces of Music, those songs didn't amplify the scenes at all for me. The rock war, that's one thing, but like everything else was just like the new kids on the block thing. Like he pointed at a poster and you hear new kids on the block. It was funny, but like now they're on the soundtrack. It's like, come on.
0: So I understand where you're coming from. Uh, at the same time, I sort of have almost the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. Like, I enjoyed that they had that sort of stuff put into it. It made me feel more like it was the 80s. Yeah. Exactly. Um, That's my
2: thought of it as well. I mean, I got excited when I heard The Cure and XTC and The Cult.
0: Yeah, but
1: they, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what doesn't do that now? Everything, we're in like an 80s tribute. I mean, you have It Follows with 80s synth. You have all these horror movies that are going back to 80s like yeah, style but music. It
0: Follows with, it, it's its own thing, though. It's all original. It's not like, hey, everybody... Remember fucking the soundtrack to Halloween, here's the Halloween soundtrack. You now it takes like it takes cues from that and sort of makes its own thing. Or I understand, you know, 2017's it, it you know, it sort of says, you know, hey, remember the 80s? This is what the 80s is. Maybe that it's just my opinion as an old fuck, but I like it. Uh, we're going to sit here and defend it. Let's get out with our soundtracks here, boys. All right. So I left off on... You. uh, It follows. What's that?
1: I think it's your turn.
0: Yes, sir. I'm going to go with Halloween, part three, Season of the Witch, 1982, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. This is not a John Carpenter film, fellas. However, it has a John Carpenter soundtrack. Making it the most important Halloween film after the first one. Sure, the second one exists, but as we all know, according to the people that make the remake, Halloween 2 doesn't mean shit. So we could just throw that right out the, right out the window. Um, Halloween 3, I'm a big fan of the movie. I fucking love so many things about it, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try with everything I got to focus on the soundtrack. I don't know if I can. Because every time I think of Halloween 3, I think of Tom Atkins' mustache. And I'm just like, you know what? This is what makes the movie. But let's let's focus on a soundtrack for a second. So this is a Carpenter soundtrack, and I don't know. I feel like this is one of the most memorable ones. Like, when I first hear any of the songs for this soundtrack, I know it's Halloween 3. I'm like, yes, this is Halloween 3. It feels like Halloween. It's got this great 80s synth, as all great John Carpenter soundtracks do. Um and it has the most over the top I, I don't know what it, I guess I would call them like stingers or whatever like it's that like wee you know when fucking something crazy happens even more so than the first halloween
1: I like how you it, reenact that and I know exactly what you're talking about Of
0: course you, everybody <laughs> knows you hear that shit you're like yeah that's that I know what you mean like wee! <laughs> um so I don't know um I have such a weird description of the movie just because, like, every time I think about it, I'm just like, fuck, I fucking love every part of this movie. It's so crazy. It's got like, robots and druids, magic, fucking explosions, weird mysteries happen. Tom, sexy Tom Atkins is laying pipe the entire time. There's chases and surprises, kids dying. It's fucking all put together, but it's held together with this 80s synth soundtrack. And... If I was going to put a recommendation out there, like you're putting together a, let's say a Halloween party or something, right? And you want to like pepper in some fucking amazingness, literally go through the Halloween 3 soundtrack on Amazon. Pick out like the five or six, um, I'm going to call them important tracks That are, you know, they're not just like background music or whatever. They're like the tracks that you're like, oh, this is the Halloween soundtrack. This is the, um, what do you call it? The TV commercial you know, five more nights till Halloween, Halloween. Everybody knows what that is. You put that in there, you put all this shit in there. You you could compile an entire Halloween, like album to play during a part, a Halloween party from just the halloween 3 soundtrack it is fucking awesome um i mean i don't know i i don't know what else i have to go into like are you guys do, do you feel like the halloween 3 soundtrack doesn't stand out enough alone to to describe its awesomeness or is there something else you want to add
1: i think the 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 main theme for it i think that's the only thing that really sticks out for me about the soundtrack. You know that commercial is played so many times throughout the the movie; it's like burned into my brain.
0: Yeah, but I'm telling you, Mike, go back and listen to the regular music, not just the not just that commercial sound. Mm-hmm. Like listen to the, like the the overall track of the movie, the first track or whatever, and you'd be like, oh yeah, 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 this is Halloween three. <laughs> like there's like the very beginning where the the credits start, yeah, and there's this, like weird um, techno like beep, beep 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 beep. Oh beep, yeah, beep, yeah, beep, yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) come on i can make that noise and you know what's happening no it's
1: you totally reminded me of the that (laughs) that scene
0: it's so good dude i love it i am such a huge fan of this and i don't know i might put this out there as some of carpenter's best music work despite not being his own film i don't know if that's how you're rolling
1: that's how you're rolling bro
0: yeah listen what are you gonna do you gonna fight me on it go (laughs) ahead let's hear it what do you got That's what I thought, Shane. What do you think of Halloween Three: Season of the Witch?
2: The film itself, I think, is awesome because obviously the original the original idea that John Carpenter had was to have a different story um, from the perspective of different people set on the same night. And with the soundtrack, um, it was it is um, it basically changed it all up. You know, it was great. Yeah, we had the original theme tune but we also had silver shamrock which everybody when everybody hears it they know exactly where it's from and what it means so it's one of those pieces of music that actually strikes enjoyment in people because they know halloween is coming up and it's uh, it's beyond epic i think and the soundtrack itself is is brilliant yeah you've, it's john carpenter at his finest Although saying that, I mean, I could argue that by saying that the fog, in my opinion, is some of his finest soundtrack work. But um,
0: no, that's that's right. That's wrong.
2: <laughs> whatever.
0: Ziggy's <laughs> like um, with me.
2: No, he's not. Absolutely. He's being a dick. Shut it. <laughs> um, but uh, no, the uh, soundtrack for Season of the Witch, I think, is superb. I've got to let him out. Hold on.
0: Do you? Well, Shane just left, folks. He's running off to grab an album somewhere. Yeah. It's one of those things that like I picked it because I love it and I feel like a dick cuz I don't have anything else to say about it. I'm just like I like to gush about Halloween 3. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 so I find it so hard to discuss a movie that you really love because all you can do is be like, "Dude, I fucking love it." Like, "Come on, man. Just fucking it's so good."
1: Well, that's how we were last time. Like I was talking about the thing and I was like You know, it's a great soundtrack, and basically you guys are like, why? And I'm like, I don't know, I just love it.
0: It's good. (laughs) I know, you caught me on this one. Like, I have a bunch of notes on here, and like, even in the notes, I'm reading them again, I'm like, this is just, it's talking about Tom Atkins' mustache, (laughs) like half of them. You have like three pages (laughs) on his mustache. (laughs) Like, have you seen it? It's fucking so good. I know, and I, like the first paragraph is like don't talk about the movie talk about the soundtrack, and like the second paragraph is like, have you seen his mustache? <laughs> so what'd you got Shane, you actually have this or what?
2: Well the soundtrack, no I don't um, I'd love to get a hold of it but have you seen how expensive it is
0: No. (laughs) Well, just on... All the ones I bought were were digitally. And this is one of those ones Um, that, like...
2: See, I'm one of these guys who... I like to have the CD or the vinyl, but to buy the CD... No,
0: uh, yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, no, the the um, CD soundtrack is
2: is pretty fucking expensive.
0: Yeah, I was just Um, taking um, prep for the podcast. I picked up the digital. I listened to it in my car. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm all amped up about it, and I ain't... This is end of September, early October, and this is one of the contributing factors that I'm like, what the fuck? Come on, October. Get here. I'm ready. I'm fucking pumped. I'm ready for 2018 October. You
1: can buy Season of the Witch LP for $38. dollars hmm
2: Bearing not in good. mind, it's not, it's not even a reissue. It's the original pressing. And yeah, that, that's, that's, that's really? the $38 one. Yeah, and it has, I don't think they've even reissued it. I mean, obviously, d- digitally, but... Not on any other format, as far as I'm aware, but thirty-eight dollars, which is about it's about thirty quid. Nice. What
0: What do you got? You got any uh, <laughs> counter arguments, or do you think that uh, it is the greatest music that's ever been written by humans? Is there
1: any? Is there any middle to that, or
0: nope? That's you got one, one or two <laughs> best or worst. That's it. The best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck. That was good. Alright, Mike, what do you got for your second pick? I'm gonna I'm gonna back off here.
1: Alright, looks like I have to stop doing my homework now. But uh... as, you,
0: as you look up Halloween <laughs> three finals.
1: I did already. Um let's see. So my second pick, I picked Mandy, which just came out and I just watched it yesterday.
0: Oh, I'm excited about it. I I hadn't had a chance to watch this. I, I actually brought it up, I was gonna rent it, but uh worse came to worse and I just didn't have time because the Giants were playing, so
1: understandable. But uh yeah. I, I watched it on Prime Video, it was only five bucks, well worth the five bucks. Um So, okay, I'm gonna go a little bit into this movie. It's cause yeah. a lot of people don't like artsy movies at all. And this movie is a super simple premise. It's very, very simple. There's no spoilers here, but at the very beginning, not the very beginning, but towards the beginning, Nicolas Cage's wife, Mandy, gets killed by like a Jesus cult and throughout the rest of the movie. He's on a murder revenge spree and the people he comes across with, you can interpret as different, um, different uh, hmm, imagery for the movie. Uh, it could be taken many different ways. So it, it's an artsy movie. It's not as obnoxious as Killing of a Sacred Deer, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's as artsy as uh, like an A twenty four movie. I'd say it's like in the middle somewhere. Um, so I, I think it's it could be it could be viewed at as a great revenge flick, or it could be viewed as as something a lot more. Um, there's some really horrendous pacing issues in the the very beginning of the movie. Um, I think a lot of those scenes could have been cut down like five minutes. Um, But uh, the the soundtrack is what really pulled me in. And I heard a lot of people saying like how how there was a lot of like metal incorporated into it. And I was waiting for, uh, I was, I was, let's see, what's the word for it? I didn't want a, a metal soundtrack like those really goofy fucking movies that are, are made nowadays, where it's like a metal soundtrack. It's it's metal. I know,
0: I know exactly what you mean. You get this like, um, it, it's sort of like a hardcore underground movie that where there's just like death metal and like flesh being ripped open.
1: Yeah, sort of. And it's just like they put in the most, like, oh yeah, like in the in the movie themselves, they're like Slayer, Mattel, It's like, yeah, I I dude, I get it, man. But uh, I was waiting for like a, like a soundtrack like that, and thank God I did not get that. It, it was... Okay, so, like I said before, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but um, the guy who did the score, his name is Johan Johansson. And mm-hmm. apparently this is his final completed score. And he worked with a guy from the uh, Doom and Drone Metal Band Sun... And son, if you listen to their music, it's like if you're at a funeral and you needed music for that funeral, it's like long notes that are like one or two notes at a, at a time. And it's very long and very dark. And he worked with uh, uh one of the guys from that band. And I think he did a very, very good job with this. Dark uh, atmosphere. I mean, in the movie, Nicolas Cage watches his wife get killed. So um, it's it, the whole movie is very, very dark. There's a lot of ambient um, doom-like orchestrations to it. It's it's v- very like long and drawn out and not really to the point. Um, once again, it's not something I listened to this today as well on the way to work. And I I wouldn't really listen to it all the time. It just made me want to watch the movie again. And I think if that's Mm. the purpose of a score, it really made me really want to, you know, end up buying this movie and not just rent it. And I think that the next time I watch this movie, it's gonna (laughs) be How did you
0: manage? To fucking go from that right into another, like, paragraph.
1: Ryan, we're professionals. uh, You should understand. That was
0: amazing, Mike. I just want to (laughs) say, I want to point out to the audience how impressive that is. Because, like, I have to pause in between breaths and Mike just continues. See, every breath I take,
1: I just assume I'm going to burp, so I'm kind of used to it. (laughs) But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a movie that every single scene... Like, I think this soundtrack is way better than Raw. Um, obviously, they're way two different movies, and this movie is pretty artsy and dark. And he's killing like biker people, and he's got like armor on. And it's just, it's it's got practical effects. It's Nicolas Cage. It's it's great. It's it's really good. I really enjoyed this. Thinking about it can now I, makes me want to pause
0: watch about it. about the soundtrack for a second. Go ahead. And literally, I'm am super amped about this movie because I loved the trailer. How is Cage in this? Is like. To describe Nicolas Cage in a movie, like, what level of Nicolas Cage is this that we're looking at? Okay,
1: so, like, I, if, if you guys get a chance, it's on YouTube, Nicolas Cage uh, talks about some of his film roles and what he's going for in those roles, and, like, there's kind of, like, a method to his madness. He talks about... uh He's, like, a huge film buff, so... Is this
0: a single video you're talking about? Yeah. Is there, like, an interview with him yeah, it's talking like, about this?
1: Yeah, it's in the last couple weeks or months. He talks about... Oh, sh- like he goes over each one of his movies, not every single one, but he goes over a lot of them. And he's like, "Yeah, I was taking uh, this performance of uh, Doctor Caligari, and I was taking this performance from Nosferatu, and he was, and like they showed the his performance and like a scene from that movie, and it's like identical."
0: <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, dude.
1: it's pretty awesome. All right.
0: Okay, Mike, you're gonna link this to me and I'm gonna post this with the podcast. Well it's not like all well horror, it but yeah, it's
1: it's, it's no, pretty but what neat. I
0: mean is it sounds fucking amazing. Obviously, Nick Cage. Yeah, and is so a fucking character. But that's
1: actually. what I liked about this. He wasn't like you know, he wasn't Nicolas Cage in this. Like he he was he toned it down a lot, because that's what the character called for. There's there's yeah. like one scene where you get like a solid Nicolas Cage freak out. I'm not going to say what scene because I don't want to spoil anything. But it's it's all done in one take, and it's awesome. And it's he does a phenomenal job in this movie. I guess he, in that video he says that uh, Elijah Wood, who he Elijah Wood produced this movie or helped produce it, mm-hmm. pushed him to do this do this role. And he's like, I'm so glad that Elijah Wood pushed me to do it. And it looks like he's just really enjoying himself. It's it's a solid flick in the and I think the score just helps it that much more. Like, I, I, I'm such a noob when it comes to scores and soundtracks. But this movie, it was totally amplified by that soundtrack. But like I said, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, overly hype it. Because there are a lot of pacing issues in the beginning. But it, And it could be very confusing to a lot of people. But yeah. I'm not saying, like, I figured it out. Because I really don't know what I watched. But I really loved what I did watch
0: nice like i i seeing the trailer i was sold on this movie already um but man i now i really want to fucking watch this i can't wait i i'm an even i'm gonna watch it before october which is it sounds like sacrilege at this point because we're so far in the end of september i'm like fuck i want to save you everything for october october so fucking awesome but i don't know i would say Jane, it's worth it a- i would
1: say it's a worth trip to the theater
0: yeah, it, well, I don't know if there's any theaters near me playing Mandy, honestly. Uh, there may be one. There's one, like, fancy theater that might have it. I, I'd have to check on it, but I'll probably just do uh, Amazon or whatever. Yeah. Um, Shane, have you heard about this movie or heard about the soundtrack at all? I haven't heard... I've heard about
2: the movie. I've not seen it or heard about the soundtrack as yet.
0: What do you think about Nick Cage?
2: He's not one of my favorite actors, but I'd give it a watch.
0: Nice. That's what I like to hear. All right, Shane, what do you got for your final pick here? Hit us with it. Uh, all right. Um,
2: it's quite funny, really, because obviously a lot of people don't really consider this to be a horror movie, but um, I'm going to go with The Crow. 1994.
0: Yeah, buddy. Um, that is a fucking excellent choice for a soundtrack. I'll tell you that. Um,
2: obviously, 1994, the movie came out. Um, Brandon Lee's last role. Directed by um, Alex Proyas, and the soundtrack, the score soundtrack, which is what I'm going to talk about, um, was written by Graham Revell, who's done absolutely fucking loads of um, soundtrack work, um, and uh, the stuff he did for this it was um, it was recorded. Um, so a lot of it was recorded on location or some of the stuff was recorded on location Um, and then obviously the other stuff it just fits in with the film so well because over the years the film I mean over the years you've had like there's been all these various reports that the film went through all these different rewrites and all that kind of stuff but with the soundtrack itself it just fits the mood perfectly um, the score and the songs that are on the soundtrack because I will say that the soundtrack CD um, with the songs on it is played on heavy ro- rotation in my in my gaff. Um, I'm so much so, I'm actually on my fifth copy of the actual
0: <laughs> CD. Where? You've bought five of these so far? Over oh, the years, yeah.
2: I mean, uh, 1994, so it's 24 years. But over the years, I have li- I have bought five copies of it.
0: Holy shit, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm still on my first, Shane, so... Yeah. You gotta be getting that one. Yeah.
2: Well, basically, it just got damaged beyond repair, so scratched and fucked up, you couldn't even play them anymore. So, because my first copy of it was on cassette. And, um... <clears throat> I still have it. I actually retired the cassette about 15 years ago. Um... But I still have the cassette, and I've had various copies of the soundtrack um, on CD and cassette, and they've all been stolen. So, you know, now I have, I have both the score and the CD soundtrack itself um, in safe possession, and no one's allowed to borrow them. They can all fuck off. But um, the score for me, it's, it's perfectly atmospheric. It suits the movie so well and because it's used yeah, there's a lot of synth stuff on there but it also uses a lot of live instruments as well so you've got your guitars and your drums and stuff and it's quite of tribal sounding um in places which is what i love about it and you know that you've got your orchestral pieces as well um that fit the mood so well and it goes so well with the movie the scenes in the movie as well because i mean it's another one of those films where it's a film about death and somebody coming back from the dead to um, get revenge on those that wronged him and his, and his fiance. So it's, it's another emotional tour de force as well. Um, So the score for me is kind of special because it's one of those soundtracks I can actually listen to and drift off, you know, and lose myself in. Um, But When it comes down to the songs, um, you know the soundtrack CD is probably one of the best soundtracks from the nineteen nineties, in my opinion, because you've got Nine Inch Nails, you've got Snow Temple Pilots, you've got The Cure, you've got Rage Against the Machine, Henry Rollins, you know all those, and you've got I mean fucking
0: Pantera, yeah, Pantera,
2: Jesus and Mary Chain for Love Not Lisa, um, Helmet as well oh my god yeah, my life- oh,
0: it's got a song yeah.
2: On i know right, and then you got my life with the thrill kill cult as well so it's um i mean all the songs on that soundtrack are fucking amazing and um obviously for me being a big cure fan um the song burn um which is the opening track on the cd itself is just absolute fucking perfection it because the story behind that, Robert Smith um, was asked by James Barr if he could use The Hanging Garden, which is from their album, 19, uh, the 1982 album, Pornography. And Robert Smith says, yeah, um, no, um, because he wanted to write an original song for it. And he came up with Burn. And the story behind Burn, although it's credited to everybody in the band, it was only played by Robert Smith and the drummer, Boris Williams. And they went in the studio and did it in a day. Um, which, by Robert Smith's standards, is pretty fucking amazing because usually he takes months to write a song. Um, but for him to do this in a day was pretty epic. And um, they've only ever played it live once. So that was pretty impressive. And then you've got, obviously, you've got... Um, I mean Big Empty by Stone Temple Pilots. So, I mean that was just before the album Purple came out. And um I mean
0: that's one of, that's one of their huge songs. That's yeah. that's big.
2: Yeah. And um when that song came out, it was like exclusive to the Crow soundtracks. It came out about three or four months before Purple came out, so no one had heard it. And then it is one of their most popular songs and with all due respect to Stone Temple Pilots, they've got some brilliant songs, but Big Empty is just fucking amazing. You know, you Absolutely you've got...
0: That's one of my favourites. Yeah. I love STP too. That's, yeah. I'm a big STP guy. Yeah,
2: and you've got the slide guitar in there and you listen to it and you think the first time I listened to it, I was like, What the fuck is this? You know, slide guitar and all that. And don't get me wrong, I love I love a bit of slide guitar. But then when that fucking chorus kicks in with the full on like drums and that And that shredding guitar, I'm like, holy fucking shit. And, you know, you listen to it and it is one of those songs where you can... You do lose yourself in it. You know, for five minutes, you sit there and you listen to it and you lose yourself in it. And it's so good. Um, But then also, you've got the Nine Inch Nails track, Dead Souls, which was originally a Joy Division song, and they recorded that for the soundtracks specifically. So... It was just fucking, you know, just every every song on that soundtrack. It's like a goth's wet dream <laughs> for whatever. <laughs> you
0: know,
2: you see like you put that soundtrack on, and you're like, oh my god, fuck! And everybody loves the crow. Well, a lot of people love the crow. And no, had... I think
0: you're right. Like even yeah. so, when I was when I was like growing up, um, the crow the crow soundtrack was like a must have. Like. Yeah. You know, back in the day, there was, like, the Goths and the Metalheads and the Rock Guys and the Alts and all that. The Crow soundtrack had fucking everything. You want STP, you want Raids Against Machine, you got Pantera, you've got, like, anybody that was into the sort of, quote-unquote, rock genre, there was everything for you in the Crow soundtrack, and that was a fucking must-have, man. I remember I picked that up used... A, uh, actually I got the CD for a good it was for two ninety nine at a used CD place in Waterbury uh, back in the day growing up that was a fucking big hit
2: yeah see because I mean The Crow it, cry, it, is, it is one of those soundtrack albums that is popular amongst everybody and yeah you know, absolutely you, you listen to it I mean I can listen to it now because whenever I listen to the score I have to listen to the soundtrack CD directly after because to me it's The whole soundtrack it's everything there and you know it just puts you in the right mood and you know i can i can sit there and i can watch the film and i can listen to it and it's a great 90 minutes or 94 minutes whatever it is but for me to really fully experience everything i have to listen to both the score and the soundtrack i even went so far as years ago i did a cassette with Songs from the film and the score itself in the order that they appeared, because I was oh, not much cool of idea. yeah. That was I was that much of a geek about it, and I might even still have the tape to be quite honest with you, because it was I recorded it onto cassette um, in 1994 at the tail end of 1994. Yeah, that's 24 years ago.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Mike, what do you? Do you know about the Crow? Do you Have you uh, thought about the soundtrack at all? I've
1: seen it when I was a kid. I haven't seen it since, so I can't comment on it.
0: I think this is really worth checking out. I mean, I know you, you're, you're a fan of, like, the metal sort of genre and all that, but, like, I know you, you've obviously heard Stone Temple Pilots and Rage and all oh, the other. Oh, yeah. Um, of course. This is a... I mean, I would say it's almost like a, a definitive staple of... I mean, we talked about, like, sort of an 80s, like, sort of grab when we talked about it, where it was like, no, this is sort of the songs of the 80s. Mm-hmm. This is really a, one of those grabs, of the 90s. But the only difference is there's no pop songs in no. this. There's no, you know, I don't even know what you're talking about. It, it, you know, there's <clears> no, <throat> like, uh, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls or fucking um,
2: Hang on your
0: Face. Hanging tough, yeah. There's no, there's no like uh, 90s pop. It's all just sort of the 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 rock, the metal, the the alternative of the 90s. Yeah, oh, and I
2: it is. It's definitely a quintessential soundtrack that encapsulated everything that was cool about 90s alternative music.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I like from what that. you guys are saying. It's like, it's, you know, I I don't like when like new movies like it and stuff. They they really. Uh, I wait for Shane to get done, whatever the hell he's doing. Sorry, he's rolling a fine. Yeah. <laughs> um Whoa
0: <laughs> Shane has not given up his smoking yet, folks. No, I said that, We're working yeah. On
2: it. yeah, give it time.
1: But like mm-hmm. I like I, I don't like how it is a oh here's the eighties and you know, don't forget the eighties existed. And then but I like what you guys are saying about the crow soundtrack is it's like totally a product of its time. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have yeah, all wait, those wait, wait.
0: All those bands that like you to, listen have to, to, have to. Remember, like, Mike. This this is during the nineties. No, that's this that's is...
1: exactly what I'm saying. Like that's what makes me would want to listen to it because like I could put myself, you know, there, and that's what's that's what I would be intrigued by it.
0: Yeah, it's good, man. I fucking love it. Uh, I I have this CD, or at least I had it. I don't know that it is still located in my stack of CDs somewhere, but I definitely owned this at one point and listened to it quite a bit. So, um, yeah, this is a great choice, Shane. Mm. And, um, I don't know, what, what do you guys think? you have any other, uh, soundtracks that you want to bring up or anything that, uh, really comes to mind in terms of horror movies? Well,
2: oh, obviously, yeah. I, put a, I put a call out on Facebook and uh, Instagram earlier oh, yeah. On, yeah, Um, for, you know, like, people asking them what they wanted to, to what their favorite soundtracks have. and i do have a list of um instagram users and facebook friends that have uh given me some some movie soundtracks so james leatherwings who would have been on with us tonight but unfortunately couldn't make it his face uh-huh. <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> um
0: for you, that was so
2: loud yeah,
0: um his, his... I, probably should have, I shouldn't have leaned into that. One, <laughs> no. But I definitely Yeah, just... no, his top 3 soundtracks
2: are The Warriors. Um
0: Oh, that's a good choice.
2: Yeah, um Batman, The Prince soundtrack, and um one of my personal favourites Silence of the Lambs. Um you've got uh, Wizard Walks by. Um he chose Halloween and Creepshow 2. Um my friend Kez, Kezzy Lou, she chose Lost Boys because that one's always fucking popular.
0: Obviously, Lost Boys is good. Yeah,
2: um, my buddy um, Alan—no, not Alan. Fuck, what's his name? I can't remember what his name is. But his Instagram name is Psycho um, He says anything by John Carpenter: the Hellraiser score, or It Follows, what, and Yes, the Exorcist. I got one. Yeah, the Exorcist. Um, Patrick Shaw, um, who me and Ryan both know. Um, yep. He mentioned Return of the Living Dead.
0: Oh my god, that's a great pick. yeah! That's so good. And
2: my buddy Jay, ex nerd for life, um, he chose The Crow, The Lost Boys, and Resident Evil. Um, then you've got um, my, bu- my buddy Darren. Sorry, that was a fart. Um, my buddy Darren, rain in beard. Um, <laughs> he says the Spawn soundtrack, and we had uh, we had quite a discussion on this one because we both said our favorite track of that album was the Slayer and Atari teenage rioting no remorse i want to die um yeah Connor Callaghan. um he says 28 days later and iconic and i've not i've not seen iconic um mike heath said amitable horror um vasilius johans Mm -hmm. he says the conjuring um trev wood he says uh suspiria and he also mentioned oh, Goblin.
0: Yeah. I, you know what's amazing? Yeah. I haven't mentioned Goblin in one of Fuck.
2: He also said he was really looking forward to the remake of that. Um, my buddy Rob Richardson mentioned Event Horizon, um, which to me hmm. is a fucking pretty good soundtrack. It's an awesome film as well. Uh, and then Scarlett Woodward said um, from Dusk Till Dawn.
0: Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah. Now, that thinking about that, that's a brilliant. See,
2: choice. see, some of these, some of these movies that they mentioned, I was kind of like, oh, shall I go for from dusk till dawn? Shall I do Resident Evil or The Lost Boys? And
0: no, no I I like. You know what I like, Shane? I like the selection. And we, you know, we'll just steal from them later and put a, a further episode up. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. <laughs> hey, listen, you put it up there, folks. We're gonna take it uh mike what do, you, what do you got anything interesting coming from instagram or <laughs> no or the same i got nice
1: i've got two comments <laughs> on my shawn of the dead vinyl and asking people and what, let hey what are your it soundtracks you know they'll be they'll be shared on the episode the slaughtered lamb.com said yes i'm more of a classical music type set to horror that or anything 80s synth never was huge into metal And then Val goes, hey, where'd you get that sweet vinyl from? Because she bought it for me. Those are the only two comments. (laughs) So thanks, everybody, for voicing your opinion.
0: (laughs) Slaughter Lamb, come on, guys. You could step that up a little bit. I know you folks. They're busy. They're busy. I don't don't know who is running the Instagram, but I know I probably know who the person is. Step it up. Come on. Yeah. Alright guys, well that was fucking pretty fucking good. I like uh I like the comeback, Shane, A plus, excellent effort, and Mike, you failed us once again, you son of a bitch. Now yeah, I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. I think we got a good episode. Hey listen, fellas, good news, October's coming. You know what that means? What's it mean? Thirty one days of fucking horror, baby. All right, so thirty-one days of horror. Tell us about it, Mike. Hit us up. You you watch
1: a movie every day. And what? Oh, you post it to the to the forum. You see what everybody else is uh, watching too. Uh, every year, Necromancer, a uh, a member on the UHM forum, he decimates everybody else by like watching like over a hundred movies in a month.
0: The guy has no life, and he watches <laughs> like a million movies. But but fright. Always post up. There's always some type of weird giveaway or something not, right, that he does. There's not. There's not. No. But you could get credit for being impressive. Yes,
1: you get um, You get a pat on the bum until next year. You are the, I don't even know who watches. Probably Necromancer wins every every year. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun to see what everybody else is watching. Ryan does, you know, you do a theme every year. You try to. I think Amy does, too, when she can. Um, I try to, but I usually just fall apart with it. So yeah, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty fun seeing what everybody else is watching or seeing how everybody's celebrating Halloween in their own different way. And it's, it's not just movie watching. It's like sharing whatever you want to share and it's, it's pretty cool. So yeah, it's it's a good group of people.
0: Instagram, Twitter, everything else, you know, ah. October's it, it's a big month, right? Mike, are we, are we in disagreement on that, <laughs> that we're going to have No, we actually
1: get a lot of people that, uh, like come out of the woodwork. You know they don't post in a while. Oh, I got a fart. Hold on. Let's
0: hear it. Everybody, quiet. Ooh. Oh no, that was. That was pathetic. <laughs> 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 That's even better that it didn't happen. Yeah, but we get a lot of people that um, come out of the
1: woodwork. They, you know, they haven't posted in a while, and they'll come and they post about what they're watching for Halloween and Listen, stuff.
0: We're and... here for everybody. We're here yeah. for a good time. October is ah. our favorite time of the year. So we're heading into October. Post up your movies you're watching. Let us know. We're going to comment. Everybody's going to comment. Whatever social media. It's going to be great. Also, I'm not going to be as drunk as I am now. But the Giants won, so fuck you guys.
1: Woo! How are the Bears doing?
0: Who? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Bears
1: are losing. I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Mike. I don't care. All right guys. Good job Mike. today. Shane, I'm sorry there's no sport specific reference I can give you.
1: Cricket. Oh, yeah, what's what's in the cricket standings?
0: How the you guys fuck fuck won the, I know? You guys won the tea dipping stand <laughs> the tea dipping championship.
1: Tea bags. Yeah. They tea bag fags over there.
0: <laughs> I'm not supposed to laugh at that, Mike. You fucked me over.
2: But, yeah. Anyway, um before,
1: before, we
0: all,
2: before we all fuck off and Mike pass, no, Ryan passes out and Mike goes and shits himself, um, I've got a few shout-outs for people um, that I want to give out. Uh, basically, first off, thanks to Ryan and Mike for helping me out over the past few weeks. It has meant a lot. Um, I'm also going to thank Ed, um, who's... Recovering slowly, and he's doing great. Um, I'm going to thank James as well, Leather Wings. Um, <clears throat> you need to go and find his Instagram page, at Leather Wings, VHS, and go and check out some of his awesome fucking artwork and some of the stuff that he's selling, because obviously he does his customized VHS stuff. Um, and um, Obviously, there's too many people to mention, really, but it's just like... Massive thanks to everybody for the support over the last few months, and um, we reached the target on my on the GoFundMe as well, which was great. And it is uh, kind of kind of bizarre because a lot of the people who helped out with that were part of the horror community as well, and that was a massive surprise. But yeah, thanks to everybody.
0: Well, Shane, you know everybody loves you. You're a huge part of the horror community and, uh, you know, nobody's going to leave you hanging there because you're just a fucking greatest guy, despite your love for fucking terrible soundtracks. It just, it just had to be seen.
2: Fuck you, Ryan. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, All right. I am going to say, I'm going to say, go over to YouTube and check out, um, commonly known as Ed, which is Ed, Ed Case, as me and Ryan are friends with him. Um, yeah, go and check out his tunes, and, uh, you know, he's awesome singer-songwriter, he does a lot of acoustic stuff, he does some really cool cover versions, Ryan has heard his cover of The Offsprings, The Kids Aren't Alright, and it is fucking amazing.
0: It is great. Yeah. It is better, it is better than any Five Finger Death Punch cover you're ever going to hear. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's really good.
0: Mike, you know that sucks. You know that sucks. Don't fucking but, even think about it.
2: But he's, his, his band's... <laughs> band that he put together, Schipto Jukebox, has obviously been put on hiatus for the time being until he recovers. But um, they just recently recorded a couple of covers. They did a cover of um, "Plug and Baby by Muse, um, No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age, and the best fucking cover version I have heard of George Michael's Faith. And it beats Limp Biscuits' version by a mile. So... Go over to YouTube, commonly known as Ed. Give the guy some support.
0: All right. Awesome. So if you guys want to catch us up on anything, um, on uh, Gmail, we're at all you need is pod at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on the All You Need Is Blood Facebook page, on Instagram or All You Need Is Blood Podcast. And if you want to catch myself, I'm on Twitter, at Ryan Tutelo. I'm on the UHM message board. Uh, you can find me on there. And uh, how about you, Mike? What do you got?
1: I am on Instagram as Whittemore. That's my personal one. Wink. And then I have the All You Need Is Blood podcast, where we just surpassed 100 followers.
0: God damn it! That's more than I had, you motherfucker.
1: Hundred and seven. <laughs> and Ryan, I have twenty nine people who liked my uninvited poster on <laughs> on,
0: uh, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I have twenty, including
1: uh, what's her name? Hold on, an a- an actress liked it. What's her name? Uh, she was in Victor Crowley, apparently.
2: What
1: was a nine? Uh,
0: Felissa Rose? No.
1: <laughs> no, her name on Instagram is Laura Tiz. And...
0: Oh my god, <laughs> I feel like a jerk. I don't know who that is.
1: <laughs> Victor Crowley, let's see. She was in... I think she was in Victor Crowley. Let's see. Laura Ortiz... She uh, liked, Listen,
0: Laura, she, I may not have liked Victor Crowley, but I'm sure you're awesome. She was
1: in Hills of Eyes. She was in Horton, Here's a Who. Guardians of the Galaxy. She was Tortured Pink Girl. Oh! Well, if
0: fuck out! I know
2: who she is.
0: If she's in Guardians of the Galaxy, she is in one of the best Marvel movies. That is amazing. Yes, Reggie. so she
1: liked it. She liked that photo. So thank you, Laura, if you're listening.
0: Good. Also, good job, Mike. You have managed to bring us up in Instagram.
1: Here's here's to another hundred.
0: Here's to another hundred. We <laughs> I- <right>, congratulate ourselves. <laughs> Every one hundred users we get, uh, ooh, pat myself Shane, on what the bed. contacts What contacts do you have that aren't embarrassing?
2: Um. Well, you can join me on Instagram with my other my <laughs> other twelve hundred and four followers. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, um.
0: Sorry, Mike. No, it's cool. We got a hundred.
2: Yeah. <laughs> It's um, at Dead Hell Society seventy four on Instagram, um, and Dead Cell Society on Twitter.
0: Excellent. Well, you guys can catch us on any of those locations, and we're going to provide you the same quality content you hear from this podcast. Obviously, it's great. <laughs> Don't say <laughs> well, that. No one's going to tra- listen. Thanks for joining us, and I'll just say bye for now, guys. Thank you.
1: Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: Shane, you just completely fucked us. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, that's cool, Mike. You got 100 guys? I have 1,200.
2: Actually, hang on. Let me just... Yeah, 1,204.